A lot of you are familiar with the DNA Project and have been rocking with us for a while, but some of you aren't. A lot of you are faithful listeners of the podcast, but aren't familiar with some of the other work that we do. So I just want to take a quick moment to explain to you a little bit more of what we do. So you're getting married, or you have a friend, a cousin, a sister, somebody you know is getting married. Okay. You've booked your venue, caterers, photographer, all that good stuff. When it comes to live music, most people have no idea where to look. We have you covered. Picture this. During the ceremony, while guests are being seated, or while the bride's walking down the aisle. During the cocktail hour, while guests are just mingling and having a good time. Don't forget about dinner music. That's very important to set the mood while guests eat. And we definitely can't forget the party. Let's get the party started right now with The DNA Project. www.thednaproject.ca for more information. Hello, bonjour, and wagwan. Thank you for listening to The DNA Airwaves. Today's episode is brought to you by The DNA Project, your entertainment agency. Please visit thednaproject.ca to learn more. It's also brought to you by The MPL, Toronto's modular film and audio studio. Please check out the-mpl.com to learn more. Our guest today is violinist Grenville Pinto. Grenville is a Canadian violinist originally from my hometown of Hamilton and was a member of the Philharmonic Orchestra there. He's now based out of Toronto and has traveled the world delivering his versatile repertoire of pop, jazz, and hard rock in such a vibrant, unexpected, and brand new way that we asked him to join us at the studio to talk about why he chose the violin and the cool path that led him down through music. We hope you enjoy it. This is the DNA Airwaves. Okay, we're live. All right. So, yeah, we don't really have a formal intro. We just kind of start with a... Sure. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well, thank you. Good, good. Thank you so much for joining us, man. It's really, really great for you to come in. I know we talked before, but I think it'll be a better conversation now that we get to see each other face to face. Yeah, nothing nothing beats that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, human... I mean, being in the same room... Which is and, pretty rare nowadays. Yeah, and then the audio that you have coming here too is uh, sounding pretty hi-fi. So, <laughs> oh, I thank you. Good. This yeah. is good. Yeah, this much better good. than a Zoom chat. Mm-hmm. So, how have you been keeping busy? I think trying to trying to lay seeds, I guess, mm-hmm. for the future. You know, for the future, it's not. It's a different animal. Yeah. Out there, yeah. but it's. Uh, I think you hit a point in the road where. You can get down about it, yeah, or you can try and get creative right. and maybe work on things. I guess what I've been busy doing is trying to uh, to work on things that I'd always be doing behind the scenes anyway. Right. And True. in our industry, a lot of stuff is done behind the scenes. For sure. And then we perform. That's really... The smallest chunk. It is the smallest chunk of our time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right? That's true. And the stuff we don't get paid for is the stuff which... You know, that whole, uh, that whole creative process. I've been busy with that. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Anything you'd want to share with the audience, like we could look forward to? Well, I have my place sort of organized a little better. Right. <laughs> Man, right. I just find a place for my albums and, you know, storage for different things. Got caught up on some laundry and... <laughs> That's important, <laughs> man. <laughs> Domestic stuff. Yeah, no, it's important. But I'll tell you what, being organized is such a... I'm not fully organized, but I'm getting hopefully in, a, in the right direction uh, where that feels good and lifts a weight. So then when you're playing, it's not, you know, I got this fuzz over my head all the time thinking, oh, man, where am I? Because I I don't live in a huge place where I am. So, and of course, when you work out of the place you live, that's when, uh, you know, space becomes a problem. For sure. Yeah, there's no separation of work and and life. Hey, guys, I'm here, by the way, as well. Hey, Anthony, sorry. Hi, Anthony. (laughs) 
I was assumed by now. I think the audience heard your voice. Matt, yeah, hello. Yeah, hey. Hi. Just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, great to have you with us today, G. Thank you. Um, looking forward to a nice conversation with you uh, about your music, about your life, all that good stuff. Yeah. I, I guess uh, my first question for you would be, why did you choose violin? Well, I think it was, this would have originated through, uh, well, from my mother. My mother was musically inclined. My father, not as much so. He sang in a choir, but my mother was the one who got us playing piano first. And when I say us, I'm referring to my two sisters as well. Okay. So the three of us started playing piano, and I think I was banging a little hard on the keys. And my mom wanted to preserve her piano, so she saw (laughs) people going across the street with their little violin cases to a school that I did not attend. Right. Mm-hmm. So she managed to pull some strings and get me to get time off of pull my school, strings. which was the Catholic. That's what you did there. <laughs> was pull that? I said pull some strings. <laughs> pull some strings. Thank you. That wasn't intentional, but <laughs> she it. literally pulled some strings. Yeah, she pulled some strings in more ways than one, and then I continued to do so. Yeah, down the road. So this is what happened. Yeah, one thing led to another after that. I mean, it all started with the school. You switched, you, you entirely switched schools for the violin. Correct. Well, uh-huh. I didn't I didn't switch schools. I got time off of my school ah, to go to where I was school. attending. And then, so I would go there in the morning for, for the class, whatever it was that they mm-hmm. were that they were offering. And then I'd go back to my school. Oh, wow. Never heard of that, that before. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I got time, which was pretty cool and pretty daring, I guess, maybe, you know, to do yeah, that. Yeah. You know, so, but my mom did that for me, and because of that... All that to save the piano? The family piano? All <laughs> to save the family piano, yeah. That is wow, that's crazy. So at what point did you stop plucking the strings and start using the... The bow. The bow. I think it was all sort sort of learned. That's that's a that's a good question. Yeah, I, yeah. I continue to pluck the strings Did a lot. Wow. I mean, it's part of the playing, right? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, like, yeah sure. um, it's like it's like Zeppelin how they use the the bow on like when do they start using the bow on the on, on the guitar? But, yeah, yeah. But both go hand in hand anyway. When you first start learning the instrument, I sure. mean, it's very important to learn um, learn both hands, learn the bow. And the little plucking thing, yeah, you sure you start with that too. Yeah. I can't remember. That would have been early on when that would have happened. Can I say something? That, yeah. that Led Zeppelin thing, uh, when we were teenagers in my band, the guitar, we all wanted because we saw the Zeppelin thing uh, and using a bow and a guitar. Yeah. And then we got our guitarist Nick a bow. And then we didn't know we needed resin for it. And anyway, it all failed because... <laughs> Using a bow is much harder than we thought. <laughs> and he just has it like up on a mantle now and he never uses it. That's crazy. You know what? You do have to rosin the bow though. That makes the, you don't we, get th- sound. Then we, yeah, then yeah. we got it. Because we thought it's just like yeah. hair on strings would do it, but you need some sort of wax on it or something. Yeah. But still, not much came out. Interesting. Violins are hard. Yeah. Well, people say that, but to me, to me, other instruments are, are difficult. Like mm-hmm. a piano, for example, trying to coordinate the two hands. To me, it's a it's a difficult thing because I only played the one hand because I was at I was at a beginner stage. Right, mm. right. When so I, you were only I you were only breaking the high strings. Just the high strings. <laughs> I was right on the piano. You're right. <laughs> wow, that seems interesting though because violin to me, I would feel like you'd need to be a lot more graceful in uh, in playing the instrument than you would on the piano. Yeah, it's a, it's a delicate instrument, which is kind of um, ironic, and and, yeah. and that's a good point that you mentioned that about the violin you think you go to maybe drums or something yeah instead right, of, yeah, yeah instead of uh you know to such a such a delicate instrument interesting but i well, think it was more it was partially that was just more uh maybe it's a 
I don't know, comical kind of relate, but it, there was some some truth to it. But I think the reality was that it was more it was more curiosity to see how I would take the strings. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think that's what it was because then my mm. mom got me playing guitar as well. So she, I, I went for right. some for some classical guitar lessons after that. Okay, you know, later on, a few years later. Which but was, what made you stick with violin? What made you say violin is the instrument for me? I think I did well at it when I first started. You know, I just it was an instrument which I excelled at, but I was a lazy kid. Mm. So I'm not at the stage where I'd want, you know, I look back on it now today and it's like, well, if I practice more, I know I could do a lot of the classical chops. I could, I could, uh, you know, nail down better. But like any kid, you know, you're going out and doing stuff. And my dad and I kicked my butt a bit to get me, since he's paying the bills, you know, got me to practice whether I was faking it or not in my room. (laughs) Did you get your own violin? I did have my own violin. I think I was, it may have been the schools at the beginning Mm -hmm. and then eventually I got my own. Wow. Yeah. When did you decide that you wanted to take it more seriously? I think it just evolved. I think playing for church, being an altar boy, all that stuff. Right. That's where it started. Like for a lot of artists too, like Beyonce, Whitney yeah, Houston. Every, everyone I know. Yeah. All these people started inside church. That's what happened with me. And what I was doing was it was a love for music in my family and having the opportunity to play um, that that got me, um, you know, playing the instrument. Mm-hmm. But then, like, what made you want to pursue it as a career, I think, is what yeah. we're curious. Yeah, so let me think how... So pursuing it as a career, I think what it was, it was... It was... It was uh, music is something I always loved. Mm-hmm. And I did some of it because I had to do it. Like, my father, I, I joined the orchestra. And I think that, you know, when I... I used to DJ as well. Okay. Back in... Oh. in uh, in high school, but I just had this passion, this burn for music. And I love music so much. So it's like, you know, you guys in this room, that's mm-hmm. why we, we do what we do. We have a passion for it. For sure. Yep. And I think that it sort of fell on my lap right? because of that. It's just the evolution, as I'm saying it, playing for church, people ask me to play. I didn't have a choice. There's, I mean, some Saturdays, I don't want to go out. I just want to sleep in. <laughs> we all do. But yep. then you realize, wait a minute, this is what I love to do and I have this opportunity. So um, it just happened to be you do one gig, you know, just people see what you do and they like what you do and they end up calling you. Right. So that's mm-hmm. what happened. I ended up getting these gigs without asking for them. Mm-hmm. I've never really marketed myself back then. It was all word of mouth. Now I market myself. Yeah. It just became, got to a point when you put the business hat on and with my business background, just kind of mashing everything together. Mm-hmm. So you didn't take the the route that, usually people that or many people that play classical instruments take or did you end up playing with orchestras to begin with or or more modern contemporary music what really drew you in the beginning yeah and now and now well, i'll tell you what happened i was playing classical and back then when i was playing it was it was kind of voodoo you couldn't cross that line you don't go you don't play pop music right mm-hmm. especially on a violin yeah. especially on a violin yeah, right it's yeah. supposed to be classical i mean it's blasphemy almost yeah. if you do that yeah, this is before yeah. bond and all those yeah groups. before yeah. them so they're the ones who kind of broke the ice right and I, I already broke the ice back then but just i wasn't maybe mainstream. It was, yeah it wasn't right. mainstream yeah. and it was through um through the bridal shows i think i mentioned that to you guys before i used mm. to be in those bridal shows and I knew the organizers, and they asked me to bring the violin onto the stage, and that's what happened. I brought it onto the stage, and then we—you can't just—you can't play the classical stuff. You got to play the funky stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I had already had this love for for the DJing side, the funky stuff. So I took that and sort of tried to bring both together, and just 
I didn't have a wireless system at that point. I was just taking songs off the radio, any song, and just playing over top of it, even with a vocal. Right. You couldn't get, you couldn't strip down a song back then unless you can get a karaoke version. True, and then, yeah. yeah, if you wanted something funky, right? Otherwise, you have to play live with other musicians, and then right. it's sounding classical or... Or unless you can do a little, you know, there was no like DJ scratching in behind at that point. Right. Yeah. I remember, and we talked about this last time, is I was at a company function for Source Cable. And I remember sitting at the table and we were talking, we weren't really paying attention to the music. It's yeah. it's there, you hear it, it's ambient, it's great, it was great. Yeah. But then I stopped to listen, I'm like, is he playing Rihanna? And then you were yeah. playing two other songs. And then all of a sudden, I stopped doing everything and was yeah. just watching you. And then our whole table was just clapping along while you're playing. <laughs> it was, it was, I had never seen it. And I think this was 2008 or 2009. Yeah. And uh, from then, I was just fascinated. And then it was weird that you had a connection with Anthony. And I didn't even know that you guys had known each other yeah. prior to me meeting you way back in 2009. So it's funny how this story kind of develops. And now we're sitting here talking to you on a podcast after. I don't know, 12 years of me seeing you before. It's yeah, incredible. it's a small world, but yeah, it's, it's really um, you know, sad sometimes how we have to, I'm, you know, I, you wish that these these nice connections we would have connected earlier yeah. or done, but hey, better late than never. Exactly. And all things and happen great. for a reason, right? Sure, so, absolutely. The right place, the right time. Exactly. And things just happen when they do. So when did you realize, I guess, when you started doing that crossover, that it was going to kind of blow up to what it became for you now? Like... Was there ever a time where you're like, I don't know if this pop violin pop stuff or the R&B, like the, the crossover violin was actually going to work? Was it as soon as you did it, it was a hit? Or was it, uh, I got to kind of tweak it a little bit? No, I think as, as soon as I did it, it was a hit because it was new. Makes no sense. one knew. Yeah. yeah. And and there used to be crowds and they used to come Wait, and watch. Wait, what years me. is this? This is like early 90s. Okay. Yeah, people used to come to the shows and they Early were Early 90s, packed. you look like you're 21. <laughs> 21. Everybody Should that comes in here looks so young. Yeah. You got great lighting <laughs> in here. <laughs> it's the lighting? It's the ambience in here. So Sorry. So early 90s. Yeah, so it was early 90s. So I was, yeah, I, I, was, I wasn't that young. I wasn't that old, but mm -hmm. um, yeah. As soon as you started, it was it was instantly. It was a hit. It was it, Even at the shows when I had a booth and I played, it, it, could, it, it would turn people's heads. Yeah, it just sure. did because it wasn't done over here at that time. It wasn't, people hadn't, hadn't seen that. And still people don't see it. I think more it's now people seeing my, my personality when I play. Back then it was more the concept. Right. It was like, oh yeah. crap, we've never seen anyone right. do this before. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, the barriers have all been broken. Everything's been done pretty well as far as I'm concerned. Right. Uh, so now it's a matter of what do you bring to the table or to your, to your performance that differentiates you from the yeah, others. Yeah, that differentiates you and will turn people's heads and keep them engaged. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think when you play from your heart, when you play from even lower than your heart, you know, <laughs> you, know you just you bring it all up. We need just, video in here. Yeah, <laughs> no one saw that. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's what I believe, and that's what I think has managed to keep me in the game mm -hmm. because yeah. I've had a lot of I've. I don't want to dwell on negativity, but yes, there has been some times that I've, I've been questionable with some of the players out there. Right. Mm. And it hasn't been cool. Some of the stuff I've had to experience and I've just stayed true. Could you true. give us a general example? Because we want to hear about the, the industry, the good and the bad. Yeah. You can leave names out. Well, I think people, people trying to, well, first of all, trying to 
trying to find out how I do what I do, what I do. I used to have my rates on my website, for example. Uh, mm-hmm. And I knew, yeah, I knew that that was a gauge right there because people used to say, well, he's charging this, we can charge this. Right, True. Right. I took my rates off to begin with. That was one thing. And then I had, there were lies in the industry, like people saying they represented me and they didn't, oh, and wow. they promised me, but they sent someone else out. Right. And hence my name ends up being... Tarnished. Yeah, tarnished. Whoa. But then that wasn't true. But these people, sh- they weren't smart enough. They're, you know, like these are brides and grooms, for example. Yeah. You know, so they don't, they just, they get, they get duped. Yep. You yeah. Know? That's unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. Oh, so smokes. that's just a fraction. That's just a small, you know, there's been a lot of things that have happened. I don't, it really, you know, you, you end up putting a, developing a, a skin, you know, a, 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 like a thicker skin to For try sure. and try and deal with stuff like that. But you got to stay positive. You can't de- dwell on things like that. Obviously, be be strong enough that you can that can bounce off me, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just stay. I've always tried to stay true to who I am, and um, at the same time, marketing my myself so I don't look like I'm a you know I'm not I'm not under I'm not I'm not I'm not out of reach at the same time, but I'm sure. not also someone who's undercharging when I go out. Hopefully, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. How do you how do you work that balance? As far as just like positioning yourself to be reachable, I think if I didn't have my my business background, I'd have to have an agent or someone representing me. What's your business background? I I have a marketing degree from McMaster. Perfect. And I have a that sales helps. background. Nice. Oh, Anyone else go. have have a ham, uh, McMaster? Or I went to yeah. yeah. I took uh, human resources management. At Mac. All right. All right. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's the Hamilton connection. Yeah. Right? Yes, yeah, the hammer. <laughs> It's Barton. like we talked about. We Barton said about Barons. Source Cable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Barton Barons. Barton Barons. No one knows what that is. I'm just joking. They will. Uh, does the school still exist? Actually, no. It's, uh, they renamed it to Nora Henderson, and they're building like a super school on so Upper Sherman. What's a super school? Like, so they're closing, you know Hamilton. So they're closing yeah. Hill Park and Barton. And okay. they're building like a big, big school on like Rymel and Sherman. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah. going to be sure that's a good time for that. <laughs> the worst time possible because now the kids, I don't yes. even think they're going to be going there full time anymore. So it's going to be intense. weird. I mean, it'll open up real estate for those two giant areas. Yeah. But still. Well, the trend for Hamilton has been everyone moving to the mountain, right? yeah. the escarpment there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it used to be when I was growing up, everyone was down the mountain, the steel mills. It was mm-hmm. very, very vibrant. Yep. You know, a lot that the economy was doing well there, uh, but everybody shifted. Eventually, yep. the steel mills and the you know factories, foundries down there weren't weren't slowing as, down. Yeah, yeah, slowing down. So, I don't want to say Hamilton is. It became a different different dynamic in that city. For is, sure, so is the up. steel out, or it's just not being mined anymore? No, there's still steel. It's just not as prominent as it was before. It was like a big, big industry in Hamilton, and now it's kind of dwindled down. DeFasco has kind of had to sell. Stelco, I think, sold as well. Yeah, but I, I believe like of. the big companies that were there when we were growing up in the '80s and '90s when it was booming, I don't think there is booming anymore. So it's definitely yeah. dwindled mm-hmm. down, but it's still there. Yeah. When when did you leave Hamilton? I left. I had to be weaned out of Hamilton because I'm like a. I don't want to say mama's. Well, I could say mama's boy. Now I'm a Hamilton boy. I guess I can't. It's hard for me to leave. Mm. But you can take the boy out of Hamilton. You can't take Hamilton. Can't take Hamilton out of the boy. Here it is. We're talking about it in our conversation. Um, I would have left in the mid '90s when I and I used to work another job. Okay. Because with my with my marketing background, music was always a hobby. Right. Okay, but I did take music electives through my through my post secondary education to keep my music active, and I was active. I was basically gigging every like almost every weekend. I'd be going and doing something, 
just out of the love for it. Right. I mean, I, I got I got paid and not even, you know, wanting to get paid though for it, but then it became the business later. Got you. Yeah. Where were we talking about there? I got sidetracked. And we're... Uh, what made you leave? leave uh, oh, it made me leave yeah. him. Thank you. Thank yeah, you for that. Sorry. So I left. So because of work is when I okay, left. I got okay. a job in Toronto. I used to work for the Hamilton Spectator. So uh, okay, I was working yeah. publishing all my life. Right, okay. Pretty well. Then I moved to head office, which was in Don Mills. Spec at that time. office was in Don Mills? Well, the, the, uh, yeah, the parent, oh, okay, the yeah, parent yeah. company, gotcha. Southam. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So okay. Southam Magazine Group was located in Don Mills. And uh, eventually that's why I made the move back to, I mean, to Toronto. Right. And then um, I just stayed here ever since. Nice. Because then the gig started. It got to a okay. point when, as I was working... Uh, and keeping these gigs up on the side that I was actually making more doing that 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 business. I would work even weekdays, right? right. Like I do now. Yeah, yeah. And we do, right? So mm -hmm. it was, I, I would go to work, I'd go do this. And these guys knew that too, but they knew it was a passion and love. I used to share it with my with my business clients. Yeah. Wow. I used to play for them. I used to play for my advertisers. I'd go and say, guys, you want me to jam out? And I'd be playing and then I'd go sell them some ads or make sure <laughs> the, nice. the magazine's running well. So I used to publish it, so... Yeah, that was a nice, it was a nice blend. And the music has always been a common denominator, Yeah, I yeah. guess. But that's what, why I left Hamilton was essentially for, for business reasons. Gotcha. For, okay. for, my, uh, for, my, for my day job back then, which, which I don't have now. this. Yeah, which turned yeah, to this. Yeah. I had to leave that eventually because then this got too busy. Right. Yeah. So you're, you're like, speaking of busy, you're super busy in the wedding and the corporate scenes. Where would you say you have the most or the majority of your work, or is it like split between? Or I could, I would say split. Um, personal and weddings; those have always been near and dear to me. I've yeah. always them. So it's, it's. I would say it's even. It's skewing more towards that okay. that end, and then the rest would be corporate. And then I do my own shows, right. like the concerts that I like to do. That's that's my my. Um, I guess ultimate, you know, like passion and goal is to be on a stage playing. What's like your dream performance. dream performance, dream stage? Oh, just a just a big concert somewhere. That's yeah. all. I don't even care. It doesn't have to be like the the Greek whatever the place that that uh, you know Yanni performed at the uh, Acropolis. Mm -hmm. I don't need anything mm -hmm. big like I don't dream of that sort of thing. Although I have had the opportunity to go to Greece, and nice. I was supposed to perform there this year. Oh man! But oh. we're going next year, and that's under under Pavlo's wing. He has a show which okay. he's planning in, in Santorini. We had to shift it. We had to postpone it to next year. Right. Just so, mention who Pavlo is for our listeners who don't know. Yeah, so Pavlo is a is a flamenco guitarist. He is Toronto native. He lives in the in the states now, and he's produced my second last album, which was Perfect Day. And him and I have just, um, you know, I, I go on a stage. He's performed on my stage, and we've just become good friends. It's awesome. Nice. And he's a he's a great guitarist. So, I mean, keeping in line with performances, obviously you just mentioned that one was canceled. Are you supplementing any of these canceled performances with like live streams or uh, what have you been doing as far as performing in this modern day, like with the new normal and the quarantine yeah, and all that? That's a great question. So in addition to my home organization, part of that has been learning about technology with all this fascinating stuff you have over here. Mm. I've had to learn at home, do my Mickey Mouse homemade version right? <laughs> so I can stream, Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. essentially. Mm -hmm. So I got, I mean, the place looks like a whole, like my own little, you know, garage sale studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got a, all these screens set up and I'm trying to uh, just audio, you have to figure it out. So mm -hmm. a lot of the stuff I've had to figure and continue to figure out. Right. 
But streaming has been the one big thing which has come out of this this pandemic for me, which has been a good thing. Yeah. Because I want to be able to offer that. Yeah. If I have a I have a free window, I'll just go online and I can do it. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, I would have been I would have been afraid or didn't want to invest the time. Right. Right. True. Yep. The pandemic forced us to do that, so that was a big big thing that came out of this. So I think I spent more time trying to figure out streaming and putting on streaming shows, which are on my on my Facebook and Instagram pages and YouTube. So people can go on and see my past performances. Right. So I spent most of my time there and not as much time on the on the creative side, a little bit. Like I did a, a COVID rap with my nieces, which oh, nice. is oh, in production cool. right now. Very cool. Yeah, cool. So we have a we shot a video for it. It's gonna be released probably next week. But those sort of sorts of things. Yeah. You know, just uh, I know I know musicians. You hear that a lot of them are in the studio, and that's sort of the same concept. What I was doing, just trying to work on things at the right place, just happened to be you know in that particular uh, you know moment working right. on these on these things, and then I'll go back into the studio and work on my my original yeah. music. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I think uh, everybody's kind of been forced to switch not even switch but kind of just find a new lane and integrate mm-hmm. technology a lot more into their everyday lives because we don't because the uncertainty of live performances again getting back to the scale it was so uh, i was just thought maybe had you done some already or are you still working on actually doing um the bigger performances like were you doing it by yourself or with a band any of that <coughs> or is it just all that home stuff no, the stuff I've been so for the streaming that's been at home. Okay. I have been performing actually. Mm. I'd, I'd, I'd had quite a busy oh, weekend. Like live performances, live performances, oh, wow. okay. but but not not concerts. I'm doing small performances. Right. Yeah. So I'm doing some people's, believe it or not, driveways. Oh, okay. They've organized like a street. I I did over when the pandemic was on. Yeah. Someone organized a like a street concert. So they had people lined up on the street, and they had me in there in the in the driveway playing. And everyone was nice. social distanced, and right. I got to put on this show for people. Wow, okay, which was cool, and that was even before they were, you know, people were. I guess it, it was it was quite early on in in the, the quarantine. I, yeah, the quarantine. So we had to get get creative. Mm-hmm. I guess at that time, and people getting creative because I think at the end of the day, music is a need. Hundred percent, true. Yeah, you yeah. know, this social need too. Yeah. I don't think people want to be Isolated, cooped up yeah, and yeah, yeah, having to watch us. You know, having being in the moment. Maybe these drive-in shows or. Whatever, we'll see what'll come next. But I've been doing things like that. Okay. I've been doing uh I've been doing some personal functions. The corporate have not started yet. I think they're starting in, in September. Yeah. Yeah. But I've been doing some weddings and there have been like backyard parties that were originally planned for like a larger hall. Right. So yeah. They've obviously scaled it down scaled to just down. Yep. just tight family. And uh I've been able to play. I go there, I keep myself I mean the good thing is about us being musicians. We're not in, we don't have to be in, in people's faces. They just have to keep their ears open. Right. Very true. That's yeah. all I see, yeah. right? So yeah. what, what's all this? I, I think they got to, you know, they got to loosen up a little bit. I hope you're listening. Us. Or, yeah, give us some terms to work under because it's not like, you know, we can go and we can talk to someone. We can set up plexiglass if they want. Right. I don't think true. it's necessary with the distance that I they agree. can put between an artist and and an audience. Now with the violin, they're saying that it it is necessary with wind instruments. Yeah, because you're blowing. Oh, wind instruments. Yeah, yeah, true. Okay. Yeah. But with the violin, unless you're one of those heavy breather breather violinists, <laughs> yeah, which that- are a thing that I've had to deal with, where we have to actually like remove the breaths from. Yeah. Yeah, they inhale with the bow, which is so weird. Huh. But other than that, yeah, you're right. You you probably don't need it if you're. 
more than six feet. I like singing too. I know what you mean. But yeah, if, singing if you're separated, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just think it's, you know, I knew our industry got, got I always thought got hit the hardest mm-hmm. that way, or yeah. at least one of the, you know, it is, it, it's a hard hit to take because For sure. yeah. uh, under these circumstances, you know, it looks like we'll be the last to get back you right. know, with, with groups mm-hmm. of people. But if we can play for, I mean, the new, you know, as we get adjust, back, yeah. adjust and yeah. do smaller, you know, we do these smaller shows, for example, or at least keep ourselves active in the field. I think that's exactly. the important thing. Yeah, yeah. But we do have to pay our bills and all too. Exactly. So this is, we, we have to work. Very true. Yeah, we're definitely working through it. Yeah. Um, so hopefully this is over soon. Do you, I know you do a lot of your, like the solo shows. Um, do you prefer to play alone? I don't, that sounds weird to say, but do you prefer <laughs> those types of shows versus exactly. with the band? No, no, great question, though. I like I like doing both. Okay. I got to be honest. Like 50-50. I, I would say I, I love more playing on, on stage with a band. Okay. I do love playing with a band more. But there's something about when I play my own show, it's just that I'm in control. There's less work, like, beforehand. Right. Because True, I know yeah. the songs already. But when you're coordinating with the band, there's all that. If I can just get rid of all that work beforehand right. and take my show on the road, just get one. Okay, we're ready. We got this tight set. We're ready to go. We can just, you know, cookie cutter it. Mm-hmm. Then I love, I, I will take a band over a solo show any day. What I like about the solo show is that it's it's versatile. I can jump from any song and not have to worry about, you know, the band being together. And I, I can I can take like requests from people. Mm. And being sure. able to accommodate, though, right. I can jump from from a Biggie song to uh, Queen, or Queen Rihanna, original yeah. or classical and yeah, country, yeah. and just jump all over the map. And that's what I'm what I'm known for is my yeah, is my versatility. Sure. Yeah, for sure. So that's why it becomes. Eh. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I yeah. sort of teeter totter between both. I I love them both, but love the band a bit more because you have that that real you know the music is live mm-hmm. yeah the I, I love live energy yeah yeah it's a completely totally different ball game. yeah can i ask you a technique question uh i'm i've always been curious about um electric violinists and especially when you were doing this in the early 90s and you were i'm, I'm assuming you were trying to figure out how to work out the the technique of playing contemporary music were there any other I don't know if genres is the right word, but let's say genres of violin that helped you make that transition. Let's say fiddle, like Irish fiddle playing or uh, country fiddle violin. Anything that you used as an intermediate from classical to contemporary? I think it was me DJing. The music which I loved, and we were into all that, you know, freestyle stuff and all back then. Still am, actually. (laughs) That's actually making a comeback, (laughs) all that music. I think having a love for that music, and the violin, they say, is the closest to the human voice. That's what Mm. I've heard. The violin, the way it plays, and it mimics the human voice. So Mm. this is why I'm always singing in my head. When I'm playing my instrument, it's like a voice to me. So I'm singing along with, like, Stevie B, and I'm hearing Stevie B, for example. I'm thinking, well, the violin can take that, that melody. So to me, even when I listen to any song, I'm always listening to a melody. I don't even listen to the words. Someone will say, oh, did you hear the words in that song? And it's like, oh, man, I was paying more attention to the, what the melody was, what was going on. Yeah. That's what made me or allowed me to kind of relate to songs that, were, that would have met my need at that particular time. Like I would take, I remember, um, it was a song, Feels, by Robbie Williams, or Feel. Mm-hmm. Really nice song. It's got a piano in it and stuff yeah. with the melody in it. 
So we found a track for it. I had a singer. There was a singer on the stage, and I would play a part. So it's really just me just... I think it was me singing in my head, and, and I was exposed to all the different genres of music. Not as much back then, but I think it was more a melody line that allowed me to... Uh, I don't know if that makes sense. Kind of. No, whatever, it, it makes sense. Was there anything in terms of fingering or uh, anything technique. like that? Yeah. I think classical, when you learn classical, you, I think most things end up being a step down oh, after uh, that, if okay. I can say that. Because gotcha. okay. classical yeah. focus is very much on technique. On, on technique. Right. Mm. But I shouldn't say that for everything because there's different techniques you need to learn. Like fiddle playing is a lot different. You'll mm -hmm. never learn that with classical. Right. Okay. So How is it different? It's different in the sense, I think the way they even hold the instrument, the fiddle, they hold it down a little bit and they're playing double stops, like two strings at once a lot. Oh, mm -hmm. uh, okay. So being able to do that, when you're used to playing a solo note. So that's why I had to do a fiddle song recently. I had to fake it. Mm. So that happens a lot. That's happened all my life. I've had to fake it. Right. Until I get to a point where, oh, wait, this sounds pretty good. It's my version of it. Right. Okay. So I'm finding something which I hear. I wasn't trained in it, in fiddle playing, but I managed to make my own version up being a classical player. Nice. So that's what I, right. what, I, what really happened. So like, like they take Charlie Daniels, for example, like the devil went down to Georgia. Mm -hmm. That's a song. I did my own version of it. I don't really do... So I do the double stops, but my own style, you know, which I bring to the table, which you you can hear it's got more... has more of a melody in it when I'm playing mm -hmm. it, if you ever hear me do it. So yeah. classical will cover all the elements as far as technique, and then everything else is kind of just a lot... like steps down from learning a classical song? On a technical level. Yeah, on a technical, yeah, technical level. level, I would say. That's why classical, I mean, there's so much work to become a classical player. Right, okay. And I, still, there's so much more that, that I need to achieve as mm. a classical player. But what I've learned is enough for me to, you know, for me to present what I bring, you know, to my to my music genre and to my own, my own musical creations right. in my music. Do you still work in the classical space at all? Hmm... Not that much. Would no, not like as to? far as orchestras. No. You know, that that's a if there was more time in the day, yeah. Okay, I would. Right. But I used to be in be in quartets. Uh you have to that's another hat you gotta wear. You know, another True. another another head, essentially. I'd have to just you have to create the time to practice and be with those people. I mean it's great when you do, right? But I'd have to invest time in it. You know. So what the closest mm -hmm. I come to that is playing with, with my sisters. So they play keyboards. Sometimes we'll have nice. other musicians come out. I'll work with two, two, two musicians nice. or, or two or three musicians. And, you know, with my background, being in an orchestra, playing with other musicians live, I've, I've got my ear accustomed, just like you guys, right? And you're, when you play in a band, you're used to listening. And that helped my ear. And it's not just me playing with something pre-recorded. True, yeah. All the that. time, which yeah. really helps me. So, I mean, you've been playing for such a long time as far as the violin. What, what kind of advice would you give to, say, someone that's maybe three to five years in the game or learning an instrument? What's the best advice you would give them as far as how to uh, build up or get better with their craft? Yeah, I think this advice I may have given last time, but I would say stick with it. Don't give up. Just keep practicing, keep gigging is what I would say. Okay. That's basically it. Practice makes perfect. Yeah, yeah and you yeah. just got to stay positive. It's very easy... I mean, many people, they love, you know, they want to learn something and then they get into it and then you'll see them. It's very easy to give up with anything because there's so many distractions in this, For sure. in this world. Yeah. 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 You know, it's not like in the old days, you'd only have 13 channels. Now you've got 
Yeah, they make it, yeah. It like, right? yeah, yeah, and they make it such a way so that 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 the that the strong survive in the end, like the right. people who put the work in, mm-hmm. right? Survival of the fittest kind of thing. You have to put the work in, right? Yeah, and the only way you can do that, you have to be focused. Exactly, you got to focus. If you're yeah. going to go in and practice, practice. Put that phone away. Put your video games away. Just you know, discipline. Yeah, discipline. You have to be space, disciplined, right? Yeah. You have to. It's the I, to me the number one key to anyone being successful in anything in life. Is yeah. The discipline to show up and, like you said, do the work. That's yeah. It's transferable in everything in life, really. Yeah. So that's that's cool. Yeah. Uh, before we get you out of here, do you want to just shout out your socials so we can follow along with your story and maybe promote anything you got coming up again so people can check you out? Sure. So I'm on Instagram. It's under my full name, which is Grenville Pinto. G R E N V I L L E. Pinto, P-I-N-T-O. Got it. <laughs> it's a long name, which is why I abbreviated my website to gpinto.com. As a matter of fact, just go there. Just go to gpinto.com. Top right corner, all the social uh, social feeds are there. Everything's there, perfect. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitter. Yeah, they're all there. Incredible. Perfect. Also, yeah, so thanks so much for joining us today, man. It's been great talking. Thank you. I know we're going to have you jump into the booth and play a song. Do you want to just let us know what you'll be playing in there and introduce that? I haven't decided yet. No worries. <laughs> we'll you. get back to that. All right, yeah. I'm going to play you. Surprise. I'm going to try one, something from my albums. Beautiful, yeah. If you're wondering how violin sounds like the human voice, now is your chance to really experience that. Right on. Thanks, Thank thanks Thank you, guys. man. Appreciate it. We actually have to keep talking until Matt comes back. We'll just We're not awesome. able to hit stop. Oh, no, no. Okay. Have, that arrow is not allowed. We discussed this, so I'll just keep talking. This will be live on the air. Don't stop me when I'm speaking. <laughs> <laughs>
As a podcaster, you know that great content is only half the battle. The other half is finding the right hosting platform to reach your audience. That's where Captivate comes in. With unlimited podcasts, advanced analytics, and personalized support, Captivate has everything you need to grow your audience and monetize your show. Join the thousands of successful podcasters just like us who trust Captivate for their hosting needs. Visit dnaairwaves.com slash Captivate today to start your free trial.